The State Department is no lone ranger when trying to promote American interests abroad. In fact, it operates partnerships with hundreds of companies and nonprofits around the world to amplify the diplomatic mission. This work falls under the Office of Global Partnerships. Its managing director is a finalist in this year's Service to America Medals program. Thomas DeBoss joins me now. Mr. DeBoss, good to have you on. Thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Tell us how this program does work in some detail. You've got these partnerships. What are the partners and what do they do? The key ingredient that we start with is how the world has shifted very dramatically in terms of how we engage around the world. If you look at data from the late 70s, U.S. economic engagement used to be predominantly driven by ODA, which is the Official Development Assistance, essentially foreign aid, foreign assistance. In current times, it's completely reversed. 90% of U.S. engagement around the world is private sector, meaning investments, philanthropy, academia, essentially an entire gamut of fabric of American societies engaging around the world. And with that recognition, uh, our office was set up to essentially actively engage these different communities, these different practices, how we can work together to advance our foreign policy and to advance American leadership around the world. And that's how essentially the, the kind of the genesis of the work. And then we engage with companies, organizations, if their mission or if their goals, what they want to do around the world, and overlaps with our foreign policy or you know, imperatives, then we work together to address the, the challenges that we face around the world. And before we get into the details of how a particular one might work, maybe just explain how you ensure that the partnerships I guess, pull on the same oar as the State Department, because in theory, the country is supposed to speak with one voice when it comes to overseas interests. Yes, great question. So in terms of our engagement with the private sector, it starts with our kind of the core imperative of what is our priority? What is our objectives from a foreign policy perspective? And the first question we ask is, who else cares about this issue? And then we try to bring in kind of an all-hands-on-deck approach by looking at it other non-state actors, meaning non-governmental entities, be there be private companies or organizations that would have similar drive or similar type of interests like us in these type of issues, then we approach them. So the first thing is, does the policy imperative overlaps with the work of others? Second, obviously, is then obviously we want to make sure we want to, to protect the integrity of the department. So we vet these organizations. We want to ensure that they're in good standing in both in society and in all realms. And that's when the tissue begins in terms of collaborating with them. But that's essentially the drive or the approach that we take. And give us an example of the type of organization you might work with. I mean, one uh, example I can give you is the partnership that was referenced in the SAMIS is a program called WISI, Women in Science and Innovation. It was a program that started with the imperative that we want to address the STEM disparity that is around the world, obviously, uh, there's gender disparity in STEM field, but that disparity is not just an Africa phenomena or Latin America phenomena. It's also an American phenomena. So we said, how do we work with organizations and companies who have that interest in ensuring that we bring in a lot more diversity from a gender perspective to that field? And so we approached a company like Intel and Google and others who have similar interest in ensuring that their respective industry can improve its disparity in gender. And so we work together to co-develop a program that essentially runs a STEM program, a summer STEM program for girls. It started in Africa for the first two, three years, and then it started kind of expanding, going viral, so to speak, in Latin America and Eastern Europe and in Morocco. The summer is actually happening in Morocco. So we've taken essentially a model that started a U.S.-Africa model. Now it's going global and mainly driven by the very deep interest that 
Intel, Google, and Microsoft and others have, ensuring that their business model kind of overlaps with our form policy model. We're speaking with Thomas DeBoss. He's Managing Director of the Office of Global Partnerships at the State Department and a finalist in this year's Service to America Medals program. And what happens in certain parts of the world, in some parts of Africa, some parts of the Middle East, and maybe even still in Eastern Europe, I don't know, where there is a very deep cultural bias against women having any sort of equality. Some places they can't even ride a bicycle and they could be met with violence even if women try to assert their brain power and so on. How do you overcome those types of obstacles? Yeah, I mean, those obstacles uh, run deep in some markets, as you've already talked about. And there is offices in the department, such as the the Global Women Issues Office at State and DRL, the Democracy and Labor Rights Office. Uh, There are offices who actually specialize in actually tackling these gender-based violence and inequalities that happen. So those are the offices who actually day-to-day work in ensuring that equality happens and these type of discriminations do not grow. So our work is we look at where the need is in terms of a partnership model, where the private sector has both the depth and interest to work with us. And thus far, the markets that we've been working on, at least we've implemented this program, has not had those type of issues, at least at the magnitude that you're describing. So we haven't got a chance to work in the Middle East. Uh, obviously, we're working in Northern Africa with Morocco uh, and some of the markets you've mentioned. So we go where the market is, so to speak, from a partnership perspective. But the issue of gender discrimination and gender-based violence is an importance for the Department of State, and there are offices set up to actually tackle them. And in some cases, are people that come through this program, young women that come through this program, do they get hired by the Microsofts and Googles and so on that have offices and development staffs all over the world? Great question. That's, it's too early to ask that question. Uh, the reason is that these are high school students. Uh, when we started the program, some of the students that went through the program are now in college, either in their junior or senior year. But the companies, uh, the Intels and the Googles, actually actively engage with them because the program is run under an initiative called Girl Up, uh, which is a UN Foundation program. They are a girls' empowerment and a leadership program. And once they become part of that kind of nucleus, these companies engage with them via that institution. They're kind of our nexus in terms of how we engage these girls. And so we've seen firsthand them doing internships. We actually just this summer did a virtual engagement with the girls, with the alumni of the program who went through it. And they've kind of gave us update in terms of how that program, the summer program, helped shape their decision in pursuing STEM. And, and some of them have gone to uh, Ivy League schools and, and others, and especially even the ones coming from Africa, have got opportunities beyond the summer in getting scholarships and other things in U.S. colleges. So we've seen the, the benefit of it, but it's too early to determine whether they are now going to be working directly with these companies. And tell us about yourself. How did you come into this particular line of work of all the possibilities at the State Department? Yeah, my career started at a smaller agency called the Overseas Private Investment Corporation, which recently has been renamed and re-energized at DFC, the Development Finance Corporation. I was there for about seven, eight years, and, and then I moved on to USAID, which is another development agency. And so my career has been, uh, because of the work I did at OPIC or DFC at this point, involved the private sector, almost exclusively with the private sector. My interest in seeing the nexus between the private and the public, sec- the private and the public sector working together to address global challenges, most importantly also advancing American interests. And so by the time I got to state nearly 10 years ago, this work was 
validated my interest in, in getting into this nexus because I saw the future of America's leadership will depend on galvanizing our private sector to work with us, with the public sector, to ensure that we are actually advancing our American values, American interests, and most importantly, American leadership, ensuring that global prosperity continues to prevail. And so that's the reason I got into this, and it's been a, an amazing ride, and, and especially to work with a very high caliber of colleagues at the U.S. Department of State and also broadly uh, in the interagency has made this job uh, a lot more interesting and a lot more rewarding. Thomas DeBoss is Managing Director of the Office of Global Partnerships at the State Department and a finalist in this year's Service to America Medals program. Thanks so much for joining me. It's a pleasure being with you. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Love Target? Well, you're about to love it even more. With Target's Red Card Debit Card, you'll save 5% every Target trip on top of everyday low prices in-store and online. Debit Red Card links from your existing bank account. Visit Target.com slash Red Card to get all the details. Restrictions apply. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.